Welcome to The Loop, the podcast where technology meets banking. Join us as we dive into the latest trends and happenings in the world of technology. Let's connect with our guests and enter The Loop. Hello, everyone. It's so good to have you with us today. Welcome to The Loop, where in just 15 minutes or a little bit more, we tell you all about the latest happenings in technology and what it's like working in tech at Barclays. Join us across our episodes for lots of insightful conversation with the various people working across tech at Barclays. My name is Tammy Kuboye, your host, and I'll be taking you through our very first episode, talking to Craig Bright and John Lowe about tech at Barclays, the future of tech talent and trends in tech banking. Craig Bright has over 30 years experience in technology and financial services and is the group chief information officer for Barclays. John Lowe is a strategic and commercially focused business and technology leader and is currently head of strategy and performance management. Craig, John, welcome and thank you for chatting with us today. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you very much. Okay, so... I'm going to jump straight into it because I'm raring to understand and get into your heads. I'll start with you, John. I would like to know from your perspective, how is technology changing banking? Sammy, thank you. In one word, I would say significantly. So technology has and will continue to transform banking. And we use the phrase banking is technology. You know, kind of genuinely, we believe that. Whether it's the trillions of transactions, billions of dollars or pounds, millions of customers, thousands of colleagues whether it's from the global flow of capital, the smart device payment on your copy in the morning, it's all through technology. And so genuinely what is happening in tech has a direct impact on banking. Significantly, as you said, and that is so true. Craig, I'd like to get your view in terms of the changes happening within tech. Sure. I don't think anyone would be surprised that, that I agree with John. I think the changes that we're seeing in banking driven very much by the changes in consumer attitudes towards banking. You know, we've, we've all been now conditioned by experiences from the likes of Amazon and Google. And look, I'll share a, a simple example of an experience I had during the, the pandemic. So each morning I'd order Starbucks online. Now I've given away that I'm a Starbucks fan here, but on the coffee cup that arrived was a handwritten message wishing me a nice day with a lovely smiley face. It was a digital transaction, but they connected with me as a person. You know, they, they created the sense that they knew me by blending digital and human engagement. Um, we all want digital with speed and convenience, but we also want human, that, that sense you know me and, and what's relevant to me. It's what I term humanistic digital experience. You know, a standard of experience that I believe will be key to differentiation for all financial institutions in, in the future. So how do we do that? Well, it means personalizing the digital experience. It means tailoring my journey based on my needs, my behaviors. It means using the right tone of voice, you know, at every point of engagement. And it means seamlessly integrating the digital and human experience through integrating voice chat and, and, and video. And it's why we're, we're so focused on constantly evolving the digital experience for our customers and clients, not, not, not to mention, you know, our, our colleagues. And it's why we're looking and working to unwind the complexity 
in our technology and processes that have accrued over time and are investing in sort of modern products and services powered by data and AI. Wow. That is absolutely amazing. John, I'll come back to you then. What are some of the promises and challenges of tech in the banking sector? So I, I think the biggest promise in banking actually is trust, which is quite a, quite a big word. But what do I mean by that? I think that's our commitment, our duty of care to protect the financial health of our customers, clients, particularly those more vulnerable, against those current and emerging threats, whether that's fraud, financial crime, security, including cyber. And I think it's a commitment that spans every aspect of technology, whether that's from design, right the way through to the technology choices we make, and selection and assurance of the partners we use. And I think as engagement with customers has become more digital, as Craig touched on, it actually presents a number of risks and challenges, as well as the opportunities that Craig talked about. You know, whether that's more shared accountability models, increasing the security attack surface, cross-border movement of data. And really, it's for that reason that one of our key priorities is focused on improving the performance and resilience of our technology services we offer to our customers and clients. So whether that's engineering services to a higher standard of resilience, whether that's maturing our day-to-day management of the services we operate, whether you know, driving a reduction in service impact, both in terms of their occurrence, the severity of those, the time it takes to recover from that problem. We've got heightened observability, trying to be more predictive, more proactive across the estate in, in a strong control environment to try to mitigate those risks. And Craig, what are some of your thoughts on that? I think it's a good call out on trust. Digital trust is an increasingly important aspect of our brand, as is the quality of the technology experience we provide for our customers and clients. Recognizing that banking is technology, it falls to reason that the competitive advantage of the future will come from the same. And, you know, and that's really the promise of technology. Now, having said that, many banks around the world have similar tech modernization strategies to, to our own. You know, we're, we're all striving to achieve what I, what I term the anatomy of a future digital bank, the mm. architectural blueprint that underpins a digital ambition. Now, the challenge is that the architectural characteristics needed, those we're all striving for, customer-centric, data-driven, real-time, open, autonomous, elastic, are all in direct conflict with those of traditional banking platforms. And that's creating this sort of need for significant change in most established financial services organizations. We're all challenged by this scale of change and we'll be differentiated, not by our strategy, but our ability to execute better, faster, more efficiently than than others. So, you know, that leads you to the question of, well, you know, how do you, how do you differentiate based on execution? Well, you know, good execution is simply a product of capability and culture. And, and it's why we're focused very much on keeping and attracting the very best talent. And I, and I love that because that's what we're doing here at Barclays. And, and that loops us right into our next question in terms of we have all these things that we're synergizing, but what role does technology play at Barclays? So I think we've said it a few times, actually, banking is technology. 
or actually in the reverse of that, you know, technology is banking. And so like the role technology plays at Barclays is critical as it is in majority of organizations today. So we talk at Barclays about how technology enables, how it enables our customers, our clients, our business operation, and our thousands of colleagues operate across the globe. And I mentioned earlier, I think, you know, the reality is that technology underpins pretty much everything that happens at Barclays. Everything we do has an impact on people's lives. You talked about the trillions of transactions, the billions of dollars, the millions of customers, the thousands of colleagues that contribute to everything we do across Barclays. It's all underpinned and enabled by technology. And so the scale and potential impact there is, is significant, which, you know, which is, which is why it's happening here. I would concur with that. John, it is happening here at Barclays. All that I'm hearing is that it's about people, whether it's internal to our employees or external to our customers, it's about people. And just leading on from that people question then, what are some of the trends that you're personally most excited by, Craig? I'll start with you since John took the last question. I mean, for me, it's, it's hyper-personalization, which goes back to this whole humanistic digital experience that I spoke about earlier. You know, using real-time and event-driven data in a way that enables our highly personalized, contextualized, in-the-moment experience for our customers. And here, data and, and AI is key, and we're hearing a lot about AI right now. To personalize an experience, you've got to be able to integrate data from multiple sources, decision and act in real time, scale and adapt quickly. Now, this is at odds with how our data is organized, flows, and the capabilities of today's data platforms, and, uh, and not an uncommon problem. So, you know, we're doing a lot of work here, right? We're, we're lifting our data into the cloud. We're building pipelines to enable us to sort of stream, decision, act on events in, in real time. You know, events being those things that our customers are doing and seeing each and every day. We're integrating this data capability into our systems of engagement, each of our customer channels and touch points where we serve our customers. And we're enabling more agile model development, testing and adaption to be more intelligent in how we engage. But the cloud's really important to us here. Why the cloud? Because I don't think that we can practically replicate the functional capability, scalability, and elasticity that we need on premises. But it's but it's required some quite thoughtful decisions on tooling, data placement, design patterns to ensure security, resilience, and sovereignty requirements I met all, all of which are incredibly important in financial services. No, that's so true. And I love the fact that we're still building on this modernization of what is traditional, but then taking it to the next level. So John, what would you like to add to that? Yeah, I'll just add a little bit more to the, to the thread of hyper-personalization, probably just a bit more of a call out on those newer disruptive technologies, such as the AI, artificial intelligence and machine learning. What that capability allows us to do is consume and analyze vast quantities of data. It allows us to apply reasoning real time and engage customers, clients through natural language and rich digital interfaces, which makes technology way more accessible than ever before. You know, and if you gave and wind back just 12 months, you know, no one had really heard of chat GPT for writing, there's canvas for design, link for productivity, like the list goes on. There's just new emerging technologies and the use cases, therefore, that kind of come with it. And these technologies can solve problems in, in ways both more efficiently, more effectively, quicker than, than we can, frankly. 
No, and, and that's so true. It's all about that disruptive technology for good, but then harnessing that for what it is that we're doing here at Barclays. But that segues me very nicely into my next question around how can we keep harnessing the tech to enhance careers, John? Yeah, so some of the disruptive technologies you just talked about, they bring about change. In terms of using those technologies to how we enhance careers, I suppose just at a tactical level, there are AI tools that help you analyze job descriptions, understand the main parts of jobs. They allow you to customize your CV for a target role, write a hyper-personalized cover letter, you know, optimize your bullets in your CV, and even prepare for interviews, right? So at a kind of tactical level, I would suggest that. But then as technology advances, we do know that actually what we've seen over recent years through automation, digitization, and leveraging some of these more disruptive technologies. Now they do reduce the need for some occupations, but where there are uh, challenges there, there are also then opportunities that flow from that too. And they expand the need for, for other roles, technology skills, such as data science and AI, engineering, cloud computing, product development, they're absolutely critical to the future of work. You know, as are kind of leadership, learning, development to complement that and bring that humanistic element to the role we do as well in technology careers. Amazing, amazing. And Craig, just over to you, just some of your thoughts on on how we're bringing that humanistic element to the digital experiences that we're creating here at Barclays. Look, I think building a little bit on John's comment, actually, on the notion that advances in, in tech will reduce the need for some occupations and expand the need for others because it it sort of brings me uh, to my passion topic on building bridges and ladders. So ladders being the way we've traditionally developed within a a discipline. So we move up through the organization and bridges being what's needed to cross one discipline to another, developing myself of a role in operations to a role in technology, for example. So the concept of building career bridges creates a a wider range of options for sort of growth and development amongst our colleagues. It's a shift from climbing the career ladder, from moving up within a discipline as you become a subject matter expert, to moving across disciplines through learning sort of and new experiences. It's about lateral, diagonal, and both ascending and descending career moves, if if you like. And, and it's why as part of our uh, employee value proposition, you know, we've spent time defining our job families and, and roles and the associated learning and are progressing a pilot program to bridge colleagues from operations into technology. And look, the diversity in our operation teams is greater than technology. So it also helps us build better representation within tech as well. I love that so much. I love that analogy of the bridge. And, you know, I'm a visual person, so I could literally see that diagonal, horizontal, lateral move as we're talking about the bridge. And I love that we're also segueing into something that's really key to my heart. So I am one of the co-chairs for the Women in Technology for Europe. But then also being that representation of a female, being that representation and intersectionality of a Black woman in technology what are some of the things that we're doing here and why is building representation in technology careers so important? John, I'll start with you. You know, numerous studies have shown that diverse, inclusive teams are more effective and innovative. They outperform their peers and they achieve this through sharing different opinions and perspectives. 
So greater, broader representation leads to products that better serve the needs of the community. And actually, it makes common sense to me that the team that you work in represents the communities, the team, the groups of individuals that are actually trying to serve both free services and products with Barclays. And, and, and frankly, when team members are too alike, you know, things can get missed or overlooked. Another benefit of diversity is simply just having more talent to choose from. Not to mention representation being an important factor when job seekers evaluate companies is one of the most highly asked questions when we interview colleagues as, as prospective colleagues as well. And while there are more women, people from different cultures, races, different faces, different ethnicities, different ages, different sexual orientations and with disabilities in our industry than there have been in the past, they're still underrepresented which means we're missing out on those talents, those different perspectives, those different experiences and the insights that they can bring. That's, that is so spot on. Craig, over to you, please. I know you've got a lot to say on this on this particular topic. Again, I'll lead off from John's comments there. I think recognising the scarce supply of talent, and we're working hard every day to recruit technology talent. You know, we can't afford to miss out by excluding any part of society and that's why we remain incredibly committed to encouraging more diversity in in STEM and do believe that by encouraging um, more girls into STEM studies and careers through developing role models who inspire them and demonstrate what's possible then we'll create a stronger pool of talent for this industry to achieve all the things that we've been speaking about here. I totally, totally agree. And in total unison with, with both of you. And as part of Women in Tech, we're also bringing young girls into our campus to give them aspirations and show them what a career in tech looks like. But it has been a joy to talk to both yourself, Craig and John. I can't believe that the time's gone so quickly. Thank you so much for sharing some of your thoughts and sharing, you know, some of your ideas on what the future of uh, your trends in tech look like and what we're doing here at Barclays. And again, to remind everyone, it is happening here. So thank you everyone for joining. Thank you for listening in. Thank you, Craig and John for your time. So that's it for this episode, everyone. Hopefully we've been able to give you a good overview of what's happening in tech, both in and out of Barclays. Thank you for being in the loop. You can find us anywhere where podcasts are on social channels and look at our Barclays website for information on what we're doing here. Thank you and see you again.